Right, okay, so are you is your surname spent? So I don't know, is it Carla or Pasquale? It's Pasquale, yeah. Oh. Carla's the middle name, so Ramona Pasquale is first awesome. and last name. Right, so that's me just getting recorded now. So Ramona Pasquale, women's bantamweight fighter, you're going to be fighting at Icon Federation 7 on June the 11th. Mm -hmm, thank you right. very much for coming on MMA Lowdown. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. I've been looking forward to talking to you. I've uh, been able to understand more about your career from the beginning up until the current stage and everything between. So it's been good to kind of understand and get to learn more about you. So you're the first female fighter here out of Hong Kong to carve a career in MMA. Yes, that's right. How does that feel? Um, it feels, um, I, I mean, you know, it feels great. I, that was never really the plan. I think when I started the career, um, there, they had, they, Hong Kong already had had professional female fights or one female mm -hmm. fight. And there were a few fighters and, you know, I wasn't sure how far it was going to go. And it just organically built up into this, you know, big thing where I just, you know, committed my whole life to it. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of just shaping up to be, you know, forging the path that, um, you know, I had nobody in Hong Kong to sort of look at, to be like, well, I'm going to do what she's doing, you know, because the sport is quite new there still, or it's, it's still developing, you know, there are certain barriers that sort of prevent it from growing further. Um, and which is why like a lot of us sort of had to leave there to progress our careers, but yeah. it feels good, you know, to sort of be able to, um, show people what is possible, you know, coming from Hong Kong, people who mm -hmm. might be, um, interested in getting into MMA, you know, younger girls, because the sport continues to grow and it continues to, you know, gain mainstream, mainstream attention. So it's only going to attract more people to it. Yeah, it's grown immensely like, across the world. I mean, the sport's still young, um, if you will, in, in terms of comparing it to other type of stuff. So it's amazing to see um, the type of buzz that it's generated. So in yourself with that type of the way that it's been described, then would you say that the Western media's kind of put that more as the narrative then, as, as opposed to the media in the East not being so familiar with it? Yes, I think uh, definitely more, it's more prevalent in, in the West, you know, in Europe, you know, the MMA scene has been um, a lot more developed than it is in Asia. Obviously, you know, the North American scene um, where it originated. So it's getting there, but, you know, UFC has done such a good job in promoting themselves internationally that it wasn't difficult really to gain people's attention and try to get people interested in it. Um, I think now the push is to try to develop uh, regional fighters from the areas that they wanna gain, you know, they wanna develop the most um, and getting them to a certain level to sort of match the level of the people out here, of the people in Europe, to hopefully get more people interested in the sport, involved, um, and, you know, just to spectate. Yeah. So you've been called a trailblazer. So I've, I've read a few articles in that. I've read the trailblazer kind of term. Now, 
that's a tag that typically gets applied to like women's fighters like Ronda Rousey or Liz Carmouche, particularly for the contribution that they brought to the sport in the early days. So if we're assigning that type of tag to yourself, do you feel then, based on that, that you've opened doors for people? So people who are maybe hesitant to make that plunge because of where they came from, do you think that the kind of moves that you've made have been inspiring and have you been able to witness that like directly? Uh, yeah, I feel like somewhat of a responsibility with that term. Um, sometimes when I read it, I'm a bit shocked. I'm like, whoa, that's uh, <laughs> it's very intense. Um, I think, I don't know, I, I guess it's, it's, you know, when I'm doing what I'm doing every single day, day in and day out, you know, I'm not really paying so much attention to external sort of sources. And it's always, you know, the media, you know, comes into the picture whenever there's a fight coming up and then, and then I get an opportunity to sort of reflect on that. But um, yeah, I just feel like uh, it's, uh, I'm just doing what I'm doing because I love to do it. And so it never really came from a point of like, I wanna be a pioneer or I wanna be um, someone doing something different or, you know, trying to stand out from the crowd. It was more just, this is the path that I want to walk and I'm going to do my absolute best to walk it, you know, and to overcome, you know, my own limits to continually face and persevere. And it's really just, um, it's more of like a relationship with yourself. I think, you know, this whole journey and it could be in fighting. It could be in any other sport. It could be in starting a business or, you know, any other project that, means something to you um, to put yourself in uncomfortable positions, to be willing to really suffer to a certain degree, um, to, you know, figure out what your weaknesses are, see what you need to address. And that's kind of what drew me to the sport, you know, sort of, it was challenging, but it was a sort of challenge that I was willing to, to face. And, you know, sports is all about, being able to endure and persevere rather than what people think is like to win. So I didn't come in here to, I didn't get into MMA because I was amazing at it and because I thought that I could win, you know, I got into it because I was willing to be bad at it. And then, you know, day, you know, you just, all those days just accumulate. And then eventually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm improving. And as I improve, as I choose to, you know, as I face these fears, as I overcome, as I learn, as I grow, as I have a develop a better attitude towards learning and failure and losing, um, you know, it's kind of sort of brought me here. And so I think that title of trailblazer is a bit of a, it's just a byproduct, I think of, you know, deciding that this is what I wanted to do and trying to be as best as I can at it. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think that along the way, I know, I know that it's got many connotations there, but I think that, on the basis of what you've said there, so like Ronda and stuff, they've they've been uh, put into that position due to what they've been able to do in the sport as well. But for yourself, based on your attitude going into it and the real purpose you're going into it, I think that, that that's good. And I think it could be assigned um, if we're putting it based on that. So I'd, I'd say Trailblazer's a cool, a cool way to put it. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> no problem. So... Your next fight is going to be at Icon 7. So this is actually your first fight in two years. So um, just over a week out. How are we feeling going into this one? Feeling very good. 
you know, uh, in the last, you could say almost four years, I've only fought once. Mm -hmm. And so I've spent a lot of time waiting, um, a lot of time really needing to work on being patient with so many different circumstances, fights falling through, COVID hitting, um, you know, needing to relocate to a different country just for opportunities. It's been quite the process. So by this, you know, by this point, I'm just really excited to get in there. And I fully trust in my preparation. You know, I moved over here. Um, I've been training pretty consistently since uh, November of last year, you know, as soon as I was able to go back to Shanghai, where I was training at the time. And then I was there for three months, um, headed home for a month, and then made this move out here to Vegas, where I've been, you know, acclimating, getting to know my new team. Um, and yeah, really developing a lot and uh, being consistent every single day with, you know, trying to develop and keep my fitness up and, you know, develop in the strength area as well, um, technically, and, you know, always physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And so I feel really good going into this. It's, you know, about time and I'm just taking it all in for what it is, you know, not being too high, not being too low. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, just really embracing what is to come. And I think, you know, coming, going into it from like, um, you know, as cliche as it is like a place of gratitude, because I know how difficult it is to get these things, you know, signed, sealed and delivered. I'm just glad that it's happening and I can't wait to get in there and, you know, show everyone what I've been working on. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very much portrayed like in, in the way, like if we're going by your social media is the, the preparation, the training, the, the kind of attitude going in, it seems like it's really amazing and that you're, you're probably buzzing for this one perhaps more than you have anyone in the past due to all the circumstances that's been going on. Yeah. And I mean, I'm in the right place, you know, like where else, you know, fight capital of the world. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> it's like a Disneyland, right. For MMA fighters out here. Like there's so many fighters within like such a small, you know, radius, um, a yeah. lot of different teams, you know, and so being able to see as well, a lot of high level, you know, guys and girls in the UFC, see their process and that inspires me a lot as well to um to do what i do especially you know i see the kind of high level um high high profile fights that they're they're going to and it kind of takes a lot of pressure off me because it's mm -hmm. it's like you know i'm doing this smaller show and not taking anything away from the fact that it is a bit the biggest fight of my career it's still i don't need to deal with all of the the hype the media and all the pressure mm -hmm. that comes with it and It'll be nice to just go down there, you know, have a good time and just do what I love. And that's part of the journey. I mean, obviously, that's one of those things where you're going to be seeing people in that position. Whilst, fortunately, perhaps you're not sitting there with all that big, huge kind of media uproar and that just now. So it's probably a better position for you just now as you progress and progress up to that stage as well. So... You had a traumatic injury some years ago that I've uh, been able to read into. Now, I won't delve too much into it, but if we're talking about going into a fight, injury prone that you've had, the recovery process that you've had now, are you feeling good and confident with that? Like, everything healed, not any kind of concerns going into that and using the knee again? Yeah, no concerns at all. You know, oh. the body kind of just adapts to things. I wouldn't say I'm like 
a hundred, you know, my leg is exactly the same as it was before, but it doesn't aff um, affect my training whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been able to just like work around certain areas. And if, if anything, it's just like a little bit tighter, just needs a little bit more maintenance than it used to. Um, but, you know, I'm still able to do what I can do. And I think, you know, compared to back then, and that was a few years mm -hmm. ago, you know, I'm way more technically sound than I was before. So and even with that, I mean, I don't really feel it when I'm competing, when I'm training. So it's really like not an issue at all. So would you find ways then, like in ways that you maneuver and use, use your knee then, would you be able to find a way to use it that could perhaps um, protect it? And as you um, said, you're more technically sound. You can maybe find yeah. a better way to manipulate it and use it. I guess I'm more mindful of my body. You know, obviously, yeah, like yeah. the more you get injured, the more aware you become of you know, where your limits are and like what you can do to improve um, stability and all that. So, you know, I'm, I do all the work that I need to, I, you know, stay pretty committed to my strength conditioning just to make sure I'm not um, missing out on any, um, any stabilizer muscles needing to be developed and therefore causing injuries and just really managing training load as well as a big one mm -hmm. and not pushing. I think, the main thing with that, that injury was, you know, overtraining and that happens. So, you know, to everyone in this yeah. sport, it's, it's, it's almost unavoidable and it comes from a place of, you know, I, people might disagree. I don't know, but I think for me and like what I've seen around me, it comes from a place of insecurity sometimes, you know, because sometimes you feel like there's just more to be done before a fight and you just need to push a little harder. You need to do an mm -hmm. extra session. You need to, force yourself to do something when you feel absolutely fried and it's not, you know, it's not going to be a quality session anyway, because you just don't have the nervous system support to really um, maximize on it, but you push ahead anyway. And, and then th bad things can happen. You can pop a knee shoulder, you know, all these things. And so, I mean, you can never, you know, you don't want to be lazy either. Obviously there's a fine line, but at this, you know, I mean, most fighters like, you're probably going to do more too much than too little. So it's, you know, going one session, missing a session isn't as detrimental as going one session over what you should have. Um, and I think that was a tough lesson that I had to learn from that. And so, you know, it was in the end, something that helps me uh, regulate my training volume and my routine to this day. So. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Someone, Something good coming out of something so traumatic as well, and the resilience and stuff shows. So that's that's awesome. So um, you're fighting against Guadalupe Guzman now. She's making her pro debut. Um, if I'm correct, what do you know about her? I don't know much about her <laughs> at all. Um, I, I, I've all I've seen is like a clip of her. I think it must have been an amateur fight, but. You know, she's not, I think this, so I, I, in Asia, we don't have amateur leagues. So if you want to go into MMA, you sort of go straight into the pro circuit. And then, you know, immediately any mistakes that you make, you know, it's up on share dog, right? Um, it's not like in, you know, here, you know, in South America, North America, Europe, or, you know, in Australia, where they have amateur leagues, where you can sort of make your mistakes before you go pro. So she's had amateur fights so she's not just you know you think oh debuting it's not like you know in asia where someone debuts and really has zero mma competitive experience mm -hmm. um 
she's been there in the cage. I've seen a clip of her fighting. So um, even though I've had more pro fights, like she could have had equally as many amateur fights, you know, that I haven't been able to have. So um, I don't know too much about her, but uh, you know, I have a little bit of information. And other than that, I'm just focused on what I need to do. Yeah. So that's what I was about to ask you as well, actually, because I was looking for tapes. I was just wanting to get get a bit of an understanding behind it, see if she's, uh, you know how they say that people who have literally just started fighting, you can kind of tell immediately. I was looking to get some kind of tape, couldn't find any. So in your preparation, so you fought pros before in that, right? So how do you prepare for someone who you've not been able to watch too much tape for? Is that, again, something that you just go and focus on your own abilities rather than worry about theirs? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I think there's, um, you know, in some ways it's it's like more of a relief, but in other ways a little bit more mm-hmm. pressure because, you know, you don't know anything about this person. You don't know what their style is. Um, and if you look at, you know, if you assume that she's less experienced, like they're probably going to come at you, come rush at you, you know, be a little less patient. And so needing to be very um, careful in the beginning you know, in the first round, like trying to, you know, they could just try to throw, try think that they want to knock you out and then just throw these big shots. Right. Whereas uh, see more seasoned fighters sort of take their time, fill you out and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always the possibility of that, but um, also not knowing too much about a person. You're not constantly thinking about them. You're not constantly yeah. thinking about all the things that they can do, which gives you space to sort of work on your strengths and, you know, see how, visualize how you want to, you want the fight to go. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not bothered by that. Awesome. So you've got a record at the moment. So it's a four, two and zero. So Mm -hmm. um, I've been able to look into your background as such. Now your last fight, um, perhaps um, one of your most dominant. Now you must be feeling pretty good going into this one based on your last performance. How do you feel? Do you feel um, like you're good to go. Do you feel you're going to replicate what you've done before or are you just going to kind of wait and see? Uh, yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see. I never want to, you know, I never want to assume anything. I always want to take into consideration every possibility, every mm-hmm. situation that we could possibly be in, you know, especially the bad situations. And a lot of people kind of think like, oh no, you got to go in there with like confidence and like not think about, you know, the not thinking about losing or not thinking about like being in these tough situations. But I mean, for me, it's just like, take everything in consideration, you know, yep. like sit with it. And so when you're, when, if, and if you were to get in that situation, you're not going to, you know, freak out. Um, I'm a big believer in just uh, accepting that, you know, accepting all the possibilities um, and then just being present and focusing on what you need to do, you know, Um, I don't think it's sort of like, oh, don't go in there with, you know, um, with fear, like don't have fear. It's like, no, everyone has fear. Right. So you just have to accept that it's there, like get to understand the fear that drives you, where it comes from, you know, how much power, you know, how strong it is. And then you can sort sort of start addressing, addressing it and being able to, you know, separate yourself from it and not sort of deny its presence which ultimately just perpetuates even you know an even stronger um feeling of that negative emotion so 
Um, yeah, so am I confident based on my last uh, performance? It was so long ago, you know, and yeah. um, something it, it, I didn't really get to show so much of myself, you know, in that fight as well. It's like, I don't know what it's going to be like if I get to the third round, you know, how mm -hmm. I'm going to look. So there's certain things that like, yeah, it's cool to like get a quick finish, but I also don't know how I will be able to um, perform under pressure when the fight gets drawn out, when I get into tough positions. So, you know, I'm confident based on the preparation that I've had in the last few months here and mm -hmm. all the things that I've learned. Um, I'm not really going to go off of, you know, that past experience to sort of tell me how to feel about this. Yeah. So in some circles, um, based on your record in comparison to another record that's not been uh, able to gather up and notch some kind of wins and a kind of ratio going across. So in some circles, this would be called a tune-up fight. Would you disagree with that term then at this moment? Um. I, you can definitely see it that way for sure. But at the same time, like you have all these younger competitors getting into MMA and learning. It's like the sport has developed so much. So back when I was starting out, I started, I started fighting MMA when I had jujitsu and Muay Thai. Like I didn't have any wrestling experience <laughs> and I fought four times. Granted, I lost two of the four, you know, because of just lack of experience, lack of awareness, lack of wrestling, lack of a lot of things. Um, so even though, you know, you have somebody who doesn't have, it doesn't make them any less dangerous, no, you know, no, because uh, the sport has developed, especially in areas where, you know, here, South America, North America, where MMA is more prevalent. Um, you have to be really careful with those with those opponents because they could just have learned a lot in a short period of time and just really surprise you, you know, because you take somebody who's debuting in Asia, making your pro debut and you compare them to someone debuting, you know, over here in America, South America, North America, doesn't matter. Like I'm sure you'd see quite a big difference just because of the availability of information knowledge um, and, you know, level of coaching. So while you could see it as a tune up fight, um, it's still going to be a dangerous fight. You know, I can't expect to go in there and like run her over. Like she's going to, she's going to be swinging for sure. You know, like she's a fighter. Sometimes yeah. that fighting, um, that fighting switch just like kind of goes and ultimately it doesn't matter who's more prepared. Sometimes in certain situations, it's whoever's more aggressive, whoever wants it more when it becomes a dog fight. So um, yeah, I mean, you can, you can see it in so many different ways and I choose to see it in like a, uh, you know, in a be cautious and, you know, I'm going to have to be at my best. I'm not really going to, you know, lay back or relax on anything. I'm just going to approach this as I would if this were my UFC debut, like the mm -hmm. same kind of focus, the same kind of determination and mentality. It's a very candid way to look at it. I mean, there's so few fighters who look at it like that because a lot of people are kind of like, guns blazing and they're like no I'm going to win this I've got that tunnel vision whereas you're being very candid you're being realistic anything can happen on the night so yeah it's, it's refreshing to hear that um, certainly from someone in your position so no that's awesome so I just wanted to delve into training a wee bit right so I've been able to see that your training has changed over the last wee while so the last few months you've been at Syndicate MMA 
So you've been working with uh, fellow country women of mine, Joanne Calderwood. You've been working with uh, Nico Montano, Roxanne Moriferi. So if we're basing your previous training to your training at Syndicate, would you say that it's evolved and in what ways? Oh, that's a really good question. It is, abs- it is definitely very different. Um, there's, I would say, you know, MMA has been around here, you know, this is sort of ground zero for MMA. Yes. So a lot of the techniques, it's all just been things that have, that are tried and tested, you know, in the octagon. Um, John goes and corners somebody almost every other weekend, you know, on these big shows, if it's not the UFC, it's a PFL, Bellator. And so um, I think the difference is more maybe in like the chain wrestling aspect of things Mm -hmm. um, and striking for MMA. Um, So I think in Asia, we always focus a little bit more on striking or more, more, most people have more of a striking background, but more of like a stand-up striking background, being able to tie striking in together with wrestling um is is such an art in itself that i was still i was doing in shanghai we did we did quite a lot of it yeah but i think over here there's a little bit more um of a system in place with the chain aspect of it Mm -hmm. um from standing to the ground and then further, you know, what to do with ground control, ground and pound, where to get somebody, how to breathe, you know, in between, how to be more efficient with certain strikes and shots. Yeah. And I think um, training partners here, obviously like at such a high level, super yeah. seasoned, you know, so being able to be around um, that, those girls and around that level of talent has been really, really helpful because, you know, they, they take, training really really seriously they everything is tight you know there's a certain level of professionalism that you can feel yeah when they're they're going and we're when we're drilling it's not just uh you know trying on a technique and then sort of being like just laying there it's you know somebody's trying a technique on you but you're like trying to get up and then you know active the whole time so it's very active drilling um and i think uh yeah just uh the energy around that of, of having mm-hmm. so many high level competitors is also, you know, really exciting. Yeah. The gym seems very hard working. Like I said, every time you're looking at it, you're seeing uh, coach Wood getting everybody together, kind of rallying the troops, if you will, and um, going to town. And as I said, you, you're, you're surrounded by a lot of great people, a lot of really talented people. And I mean, let's just hope that that's able to be demonstrated in your next fight. Now I've seen that you actually trained at extreme couture as well. So with like Samisha Tate and like Casey O'Neill and that, did that evolve in different ways as well? Or was that just kind of a kind of bypass kind of stop between Shanghai and Syndicate? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I came out here, you know, I was new to town, so I kind of wanted to try out um, both teams. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think ultimately the biggest decision uh, deciding factor was, uh, was um, having met John Wood and then, you know, within the first couple of days of being there, I'd already gotten a lot of constructive feedback from him. And I think mm-hmm. just a smaller gym atmosphere just suited me a little bit better in terms of wanting to um, focus more on technical development uh, and being able to work with a coach who has eyes on me, like, you know, on a consistent base basis. Um, 
And also, you know, the number of girls that we have over at Syndicate who, you know, are all very good in their own right and being around, um, you know, them and learning a lot from them and feeling that kind of pressure um, has been really great. You know, I think a lot of my confidence now comes from the fact that they've been pushing me so much, you know, and really elevating me and, and, you know, um, encouraging me and being great training partners, putting the pressure when it's needed. Um, and, uh, and giving me all, all kinds of different looks because we got southpaws, orthodox, you know, grapplers, strikers, and, uh, it's been really great to, um, yeah, polish things up over there. And, uh, it's just been a great fit for me. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you can tell, you can, you can see the, the kind of levels above other places and stuff as well. So considering you've been uh, training and getting ready for this fight with UFC top tier talent as well, um, is the UFC somewhere that you'd be hoping to go in the future as a, as a kind of professional in a long-term career? Yeah, that's the goal, you know, the goal, yeah. That's, you know, I think, you know, you talk to any unsigned MMA fighter, they're probably going to say the same thing. Of course. Um, but yeah, you know, I definitely want to get there. I want to, I want to, yeah, I think it's all about, you know, like I said earlier, just being the best that I can be, you know, I, I want to see where my ceiling is, mm-hmm. you know, my ceiling of potential. Like if I'm, I'm sure I'm going to reach it at some point, you know, and I really want to know where that is, but before I get there, I want to make sure that I'm well equipped to, you know, progress in the fastest way that I can. And mm-hmm. I believe that that's what's happening here at Syndicate. I get the opportunity to work with a great team, great coaches. Um, and I feel very equipped to, you know, be able to prove myself. And I get to do that, you know, in 12 days for the first time. Um, and then hopefully, build momentum and be able mm-hmm. to, you know, show everyone what I'm capable of and, you know, be worthy for, for that contract at some point. Damn right. So are you fighting at 135 pound? So this one's at 145 because 145, I'm, okay. yeah, because I'm hoping to, um, hope, hoping to line something up in July for 135. Okay. But we're going to have to get through this and then see. Have you been able to look at the UFC 135 pound division recently? Um, yeah, as much as I can, as much as I can. So I know that um, it's, I think, uh, I think as soon as the 125 division opened up, there are a few mm-hmm. girls that sort of dropped. Yeah. So it's not as sort of busy as it was back in the day. Um, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting time to be, to be getting in there. I think there are a lot of veterans in the division. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really see many new people. Yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got Nunez and stuff and we've got Felicia Spencer. Now we've got uh, like, we see Norma Dumont as well, making that kind of step up recently, which is great. Um, does she train with you or is that me just getting mixed up? Yeah. Yeah. She trains right, us. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, Norma Dumont and hopefully she plans to stick around because it's a division that, um, has got so much potential, although we found that a lot of people, as you said, are kind of dropping down and stuff. We, we certainly hope that for yourself, for your sake as well, when you get across there, they're going to have a £135 division. Um, does the prospect of fighting people, so as in, in line with how candid you've been in terms of your ability and your progression and getting up to that stage, um, have you ever secretly envisioned yourself like fighting Nunes and just kind of taking it to Nunes at all? 
I think you always have to visualize that, yeah. you know, like, I think anyone out there, like if you're in the, if you're a light mate, light, lightweight guy, you know, you could be, you know, just starting your career. You're probably going to think about, you know, the guy who's a champ right now. Right. Oh, it's always, you always think about it. So, I mean, I am going to take this as far as I can. And if I ever get that opportunity to fight Nunes, that would be phenomenal. I would yeah. love that. I would absolutely love that, you know, because if I, if I were to get there, it would just mean that I've proven myself to everybody mm -hmm. that I deserve that spot. And, you know, I'm not, I try not to be outcome oriented. You know, it's all about the prog all about the process. Mm -hmm. I know I'm doing the right things. I know that my head is on the right place. I know that I'm making the right decisions. I have the right people around me. And um, yeah, I'm building momentum and the only way is up. So we'll see where yeah. that takes me. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I mean, the thing is about the sport, not being a fighter, but being a, a spectator, being able to see it. Sometimes people are only two, three fights away from achieving that goal and getting there. So happens if you win this you can get a couple more fights perhaps jump over to another organization work your way up um it's not too outlandish to kind of say that you could be in that position at one point i mean the sport's pretty mad and unpredictable so i just wanted to ask you on that so icon seven so are you currently a fighter on the roster or is this like a one fight contract it's just a one fight contract yeah and have you been a, you had a chance to chat about if you win this um is there going to be an approach to maybe check out people like the PFL and Bellator and all that? Or is it just get this out of the way, see what happens after that? Yeah, just going to see, see, get this out of the way and see what happens. You know, it's sort of difficult to get opportunities um, because I haven't fought on this side mm -hmm. of the earth yet, you know, so need to get that going. Also, it's, you know, off of a long or relatively long layoff. So get this going. And then um, once this happens, I can hopefully open doors to, hopefully something in July. And if I got, you know, two fights under my belt this year, that just um, makes me more attractive for, you know, shows to kind of get me on because then they'll know that I've, I'm, I'm active. Yeah. And you've got time on your side as well. I mean, you've got, you've got a good, good few years that you can still kind of get to that and get to your prime and um, get to that goal. So the card that you're on just now, right? So Icon 7, I've been able to have a look. I've been able to see the attention going across. There's been a kind of contrast in opinions. People have been talking about, oh, this is low level. Oh, people like Amanda Serrano on it's going to be bringing a name to it. Have you been able to, from your own observations, get a lot of good feedback and feel a good kind of energy about the card overall? Um, yeah, there's another guy from Syndicate, Johnny Parsons, who's also okay. fighting on the card. Um, mm -hmm. I've had teammates that have fought for them before, so... Um, yeah, I've just heard really good things um, about them, about them as an organization. Um, beyond that, you know, I'm kind of new to the scene here, so I wouldn't, I don't know too much else. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to, you know, to get, also it's on UFC Fight Pass, so, you yeah. know. That's halfway there, that's, that's getting there, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um. I mean, I know, I know a couple of like Jason Knight. I don't know if you know Jason Knight. He was a lightweight fighter in the UFC. He's a fought for Icon Seven as well. So, well, Icon the organization. So, a lot of people's going there. And the, the thing is, though, when you're seeing people who get up to the top tier level and that, you're seeing the organizations they've fought in to kind of get to that stage. And a lot of people maybe need to try and remember sometimes that 
the wrong way to do it would just to be to jump in the UFC and just kind of go, right, I'm on the, the main card of the prelims and all that. I think the way that you're doing it now is organic and I think that it's in light of um, injuries and inactivity, I think it's a really brilliant way to be going. I think so. Yeah, I think just, you know, bite off what you can chew. Um, mm-hmm. You really have to, I think there's, there's a way to do it you know, in the sport, because um, a couple bad matchups just could land you, you know, not in the place that you want to be, um, sport. you know? Yeah. And it's a sport like you're not really, the sport doesn't really allow you either to fight the same person more than once typically, mm-hmm. but on rare occasion they do. So, you know, you have to make sure those 15 minutes that you're out there are, you know, your best 15 minutes and not sort of walking into something that you're unprepared for, not necessarily saying that you need to, you know, fix fights or anything like that, but um, not, not sort of take on too much, you know, more, more than you should at that certain point, because cage experience counts for so much. Um, So you want to get that cage experience, you know, you want to get in there, you want to know what that feels like, you know, to be in that, in the cage how the canvas feels beneath your feet people around you and not kind of go from like you know a crowd of a hundred to straight into like crowd of five thousand right like Mm -hmm. that'll do something to your nerves adrenaline dump all that so imagine to do it a little bit slower you know and then it's all about gaining confidence and you know if you can do it slowly like then your confidence just builds and then eventually when you get to the point where you know you need it the most you're gonna have it yeah I think, as I said, I think it's the right way to be doing it as well. Um, it'd be interesting to talk to you again in maybe six months or something, just kind of see the differences in terms of a couple of fights under your belt and that. So it'd be good. I'd uh, hope we could uh, get something organised like that. So before we go, what type of Romana could we expect on the night? I'm sorry, say again? Yeah, so before we wrap this up and I want you to go on with your day, what type of uh, fighter are we going to expect on the night from yourself? composed hopefully focused i don't want to rush in anything i want to properly assess how she's going to move um properly assess the situation i don't want to get ahead of myself uh but if and when the opportunity presents itself for a finish i'm going to go for it so no no predictions on the outcome nope none i don't i don't i don't ever I don't like to do that, no. you know, because then it's just like anything's possible. I could win by decision. I could finish her, you know. Um, I believe I'm going to win because, you know, that's why I'm doing this, right? Like yeah. I day in and day out, like this is the confidence that I've gotten from the team that I've been training with here, the preparation. And, you know, ultimately I just need to make sure that I'm in the prime physical and mental state to be able to express myself as best as I can. And I know that if I'm at my best, there's like no way I will lose. That's the best, that's the best type of response. Um, very candid again, as I was saying. So I really appreciate you taking time to come on the show, um, taking some time out of your day as well. It's really appreciated. Yeah, thank you. No, and I wish you the best of luck and I'll be tuning in as will many other people be tuning in to watch you fighting on Icon 7 and hopefully catch up another time see how you're doing in a few months alright thank you take care alright thank you for your time All right. thank you